Hello. Hello. Good morning. If it's morning where you are, if it's not, whatever it is where you are, good afternoon, good evening, good middle of the night. I wonder if anyone wakes up and listens to my podcast in the middle of the night. Hey, if you do, more power to you because that's oftentimes when I find God speaking to me and he can finally get my attention because I'm not distracted by anything else. I'm not working. I'm not parenting. I'm not wifing. I'm not doing anything else. And so generally that's a time that God is like, yay, I can finally have your undivided, undevoted attention or devoted attention. Sure. (laughs) One of those. Um, I'm excited to be talking about this today. This is the change with him, a real raw redeemed podcast. I share a lot of real things, a lot of raw things, a lot of things. We go in all the things and how all of them are for his good and for his glory. All good things come from God. And I love the only music I listen to anymore. I used to love country music. I still don't mind it. But nowadays I'm like, really? (laughs) We got to sing about our dog and about our girlfriend or about a breakup or about like driving down wide open roads. I don't know. I just now there's like more to life than that, you know, because I used to go to Country Thunder and do all the things and and just drink and party and yeehaw. And it was like, just don't do that anymore. It's just not my life anymore. I still love a good country song though, but even better is an incredible worship song. It speaks straight to your spirit instead of to like old past things that you used to do that you're like, yeah, I knew I shouldn't have been doing that anyway, but there I was, <laughs> right? Life is on a new path, a new way and live for a new purpose now with God in it. Um, so worship songs, worship music. The song is about God's love. The song is about life. It's still about life. It's funny because country songs are about life, but they're really about the things of life that are of the world that don't really matter or make a difference in the end. They don't lead to an eternal impact. They're a right now impact, like things of the world, like your truck or your dog or your house or <laughs> Country lovers are going to hate me. That's okay. Don't I love country music, but it's just not the same. It's just not the same as singing about and learning about God's word and his love for you. And real things of the world, like troubled minds and worry and anxiety and what God's plan for all of it is, because he has a plan for all of it. He is using all of it for his good and for his glory. So I always listen to Air One or Family Life Radio. In fact, the Family Life Radio Music Festival, fun fact about me, was the first date I ever went on with my husband four months ago. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. It was fun. So special place in my heart, of course. Uh, But I was listening to one of those stations today. I don't know which one, but I love that they have people on to share the impact and the way that God is moving in their lives and making a difference in their life. I love hearing about people that call in and they say, God saved my marriage or this person was was on their final days and and I opened up my scripture and my word and I prayed with them and I I asked them to let God in and then they did and then they passed and I'm like yes <laughs> and they're so excited because with tears in their voice right can't really see their eyes I imagine that's where they come from because that's where tears come from unless they're coming out of your armpits because you're sweating <laughs> I guess tears come from different parts of our body, just depending on what we're calling them. Uh, They share, they went to be with the Lord. And that is what we should celebrate and honor and pray for every time someone leaves this earthly, physical realm and goes into the eternal spiritual realm. We're all going to spend eternity somewhere. And the cool thing is we get to choose where. 
and there's only two choices. It's heaven or it's hell. We get to choose and we get to make that choice on this side of heaven. We get to say, yes, Jesus, I choose to walk with you. I choose to follow you. I choose to live for you. I choose to lay down my life for you because you first laid down your life for me. And, And sometimes it's overwhelming, but it's overwhelming love. And that's the coolest thing, but we get to make that choice right here, right now, here today in our heart, in our mind, in our spirit. And we get to give it to him. All the things that we're afraid of, we're worried about are going to happen when we do that. If we do that, it's the greatest choice that we can make. And I was talking to my daughter about that yesterday. We were actually listening to the radio because we always have it on. And there was uh, a mother who called in just crying tears of joy and happiness because her son gave his life to Jesus. And he used to be caught up in drugs and alcohol and, you know, car accidents, like a horrible driving record. And he gave his life to Jesus. He decided to get baptized and, and show the change inside, express it externally. And I love the many stories that we hear that come through the radio that talk about the power of God's love and redemption. It doesn't mean your life is going to be perfect. No one calls in and talks about my life is so perfect now because I love Jesus. That is not the way it works. (laughs) I think we need to get over that, understand that and move through that. But something did activate me this morning. Oof. And I've heard this woman before. It's something that they share that they play often. And every time they share it and they play it, I'm like, girl, no, 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 no. And I want to find her. I want to speak to her and I want to tell her the truth about her. And I think it's meant to be encouraging. And so many things that are meant to be encouraging are actually worrying. And worry when it spirals out of control leads to anxiety that can lead to depression among so many other things. And obviously we know the key. We know the key is, is Jesus. We know the key is found in our relationship with him. It's not found in religion. Mm -mm -mm. That's the key that makes you feel like you've been locked inside of a room with deadbolts and chains on it. No, it's not about religion. It's about a relationship, a personal, close, intimate relationship with your creator, with God, your father very, very different from an earthly father. Thank God. Right. Um, this woman and they play it often shared. I'm so glad I found this radio station. You know, I, I've recommitted my life to God and now I know I've got a long way to go to come back to God. And I was like, what is she talking about? What literally what on earth is she talking about? And that's the thing is she was talking about things of the earth and my mind could not help but break this down immediately and see the the falseness of it. And that is what the enemy does. He's deceptive. He wants us to see the false things, even though we're trying to move closer and and move towards the good thing, the good thing that is being God, our creator, our redeemer, our, our restorer. He restores our soul, right? Literally, when we give our life to Christ, he gives us a new heart. Well, a new heart's going to lead to a new life. And it just pained me when I heard her words that come out of her mouth say, because the things that come out of our mouth come from our heart. And they said, I've got a long way to go to come back to God. And I just thought, no, 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 honey, whoever you are, wherever you are, you have got that all wrong. I hope you hear this message. That is not true. It is simply not true. We do not have a long way to go to come back to God. And there's so many things in this. There's just so many things. First of all, 
it, it's not believing that he's with us always that when we accept him into our heart into our mind into our body into our soul into our life he is always with us he will never in scripture the bible says he will never leave us or forsake us and, and scripture makes it about him about jesus we oftentimes unconsciously unknowingly make it about us we don't mean to, but we naturally do. This is a natural human thing to make it about us. So the words in the statement that were made were, I've got a long way to go. This woman was making it about herself instead of about Jesus. In the gratitude for finding this radio station, for hearing these worship songs, there still was an attitude of me, 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 I, 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 I've got a long way to go. I've got more work to do. Hello, works-based. Jesus does, there's nothing we can do to work our way to Jesus. There's nowhere that his arm can't reach, that his hand can't stretch to. That says it in scripture. We think there are things that we need to do, that there's a certain or particular distance that we need to go to get to a certain place where we're going to just find Jesus. He's right here. He's right now. He's with you. The Lord is with you. Jesus may not be with you because he was, right, God with a bod, right? God manifested in, in human form and flesh, and he has died, buried, and been resurrected. So he's sitting at the right hand of Jesus. And the whole beautiful story about the whole Bible, the whole point of it is to understand that, that through his death, burial, resurrection, he sent the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the spirit indwells. The spirit is within us. So therefore the spirit can never leave us and will never leave us or forsake us. That is from the Bible. That's what it says. But we put our perspective on it. We're living life as if we're the main character of it instead of making God the main character of our lives or Jesus and the Holy Spirit the main character. Like, how can I live for you today instead of saying, I got to figure out how to live for you today, God. So I, I know I'm a long way off. No, you're not. But when you say you are, you're making it about you and not about him. And a lot of times we fall into this. This is a trap. It's a snare. The Bible talks a lot about traps and snares. And it, it does that when it focuses on the ways that we're living for us, the ways that we're living of the world. We're making it about us and about our desires, our, our wants, instead of what God desires and what God wants. And we're making it about what we have to do instead of focusing on what he's already done. And so it was intended to be motivational. I've got a long way to go to come back to God. No, you don't. That is a lie. He never left you. He never forsaked you. He never has and he never will. So you actually don't need to do anything. There's nowhere you actually need to go, especially that's a long way off or far off to come back to God. All we need to do is literally sit where we are. I love to turn my palms up and just a posture and a position of receiving and saying, here I am, I'm ready to lay down, to give to you, to let go of everything that I'm holding on to 
that is blocking me from experiencing you. God, here I am. Here I am to worship. Here I am. I am yours. And giving our lives to him the way that he's already given life so that we could have it in him, through him, for him. And and there's nowhere you need to go. And that place where you are telling yourself, I've got a long way to go. I mean, if you're referring to like how far the closest Bible is, then maybe, but we all literally hold phones in our hand and there are millions and millions of ways to access the scripture and the word of God in our hand. And I kind of laugh because I picture God like holding a phone. I've got the whole world in my hands, right? When we're holding the Bible, we've got everything and the only thing that we need in this world. Literally, the only thing that we need to hold on to is the word of God. And it's not a long way. You don't need to go a long way. I mean, unless you're like going to go to a Christian Bible store and like buy a new Bible or study Bible or something like, and that's 10 minutes away and you think 10 minutes is long, then sure, like justify that (laughs) with those words. But I I just felt like, gosh, this is, this is the how sly, how sneaky, how sleazy the enemy is, especially the closer we move towards God, the more our heart and soul and spirit longs to get to know him more deeply and to live for him and experience him freely and easily. The enemy wants us to think it's hard to do. It's impossible to do, or we've got a long way to go. And there's a lot of things that you need to clean up and correct up, you know, to get up. No, we don't. I just thought of that other worship song. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave, right? He already did. <laughs> he already got up out of that grave, right? In in three days, right? Died, buried, rose again. And there's power of the number three there. And we see that all throughout scripture. And that's the thing. Three days is not a long time. Does that mean you're going to experience change immediately? Maybe. If it's in God's will and his plan, it might not be. And so you might not. Right? There are some people who are healed and, and broken free from, from lifelong or just addictions, patterns, patterns of defeat, patterns of worry, patterns of anxiety, patterns of depression immediately. And there are some people who need to do more work, right? But the work really isn't work. The work is just surrender. The work is an open heart posture of saying, Lord, here I am. Here I am. I am yours. Revere to me, show me, teach me, allow me to know my desire is to be close. And and I get it logically. I I know what she was saying, right? My desire is to be close. But she said, I've got a long way to go to get back to God. No, you don't. You really don't. And the enemy wants you to believe that you do. And it's going to be long and it's going to be treacherous. And it's going to be like, is arguous a word? It's just going to be long heavy, defeating, what's the point, what's the use, is it really worth it? And the enemy knows that we're going to experience hardships and roads, you know, bumps in the road ahead. And he wants us to believe this. Wow, girl, look at you. Dude, look at you. You got a long way to go to get back to God. You really think God would accept you back or take you back? Look at your life. And so something that is seemingly motivational or positive, the enemy can use and will use, not only can he, he will, to defeat you 
or to make you believe that you're defeated and that you are the one that has to do the conquering and the overcoming. When the focus is on God and God alone and not ourselves, we see so clearly and so easily that God has already conquered that God has already defeated. When we read scripture in the Bible and we learn about the Israelites, every time someone came in to, to help them get to the next step or next place to, to take the journey, the, the, to fulfill the promises that God had for Abraham and all of his descendants, we see that they're like, yeah, I promise I'll be good. I'll be good. I'll be good. I promise. I promise. I promise. And then boom, that person dies after 120, after 110 years, right? Moses goes, Joshua goes, Aaron goes, like all the good ones go, right? Why do you take all the good ones? Well, because they've completed their mission and their purpose here on earth. And now God says, continue to walk in those ways, AKA continue to walk in my ways because my plans for you are good all the Jeremiah 29, 11 stuff. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, okay. Okay. I promise God. Yeah. You're the only God. I will never bow before any other idols. Did you know that worry can become an idol? Did you know that anxiety can become an idol? An idol is anything we put above God. Did you know that a job title can become an idol, a particular level or status of money, income, impact, or influence can become an idol. Anything we put before God is an idol. And he's like, I despise idolatry. It makes me angry. <laughs> Watch what I'm going to do if you do that. And he's really not out to get you or to, to not love you. He will still love you through it. And that's when you read the Bible and the scripture, you learn, wow. Yeah, God has emotions and a will and a feeling too. Yeah, God can get angry too. Of course, he's going to be angry. You just promised him you wouldn't bow before no one else but him. And then you went and then you did. And it's like, how do you so easily forget? And so it's a constant continual remembering and a remembering of this truth that God will never leave you or forsake you. And, and because that is true, and it is true because scripture says it is, you don't have a long way to go to come back to God. You just got to stop making it about yourself. He never left you and he never will. And so you don't have anywhere to go that's the super far off or that you need to go to this mountaintop and, and just sit in a cave for 40 days to find God. He's with you right here, right now. He's with you. He's sitting beside you. I oftentimes like imagine the Holy Spirit, God <laughs> sitting beside me and I'm like, Hey, what's up? What do you want to do today? And he's like, I don't know. Let's go play. Like, let's just play. Let's just preach. Let's just teach. Let's just teach truth. Okay, so I'm going to give you the wisdom. I'm going to give you the ears to hear. I'm going to give you the ability to, to hear, to know, to learn, to grow, to discern. And, and oftentimes it's things like that, that I hear things like this, that I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to preach and teach on this. People don't have a long way to go to get back to God. We, we just need to open our hearts. Maybe we need to open our mouths and declare that he is the Lord of our lives. And then guess what? He's going to be satisfied. You know, he's going to start to do an incredible work within you when you say that. But it's not like you need to go somewhere and do all these certain things. That's religion. And the enemy wants you to believe that is it is religion, that it's not as simple, as easy, as beautiful as a loving relationship. That is literally what it is. It's a loving relationship. It's a, it's a talking to him. It's a communicating with him right here, right now. You don't need to go long and far off. Like you can, you don't have to though, but the enemy wants you to 
to believe that you have to do these certain things to come back to God. No, you don't. You just need to go, hey, God, I'm back. <laughs> sorry, I'm a little lost, I'm a little distracted for a second. God, I'm sorry, I'm back, right? That's literally what repent means. It means to turn around. And that's why the scripture says repent. Repent doesn't mean, and now from this point forevermore, be perfect. Uh, none of us could do that. We'd all fail. But it literally means to, to, to recognize and realize and become aware that, oops, oopsie, I got off track. Hey, God, I'm back. And we can have fun with it. Like God loves to have fun. Look at the creation of the world. Look at the things. Like he made things fun. He He created life for it to be fun, for his pleasure. God loves when we experience pleasure and when we have fun. Because through us, he gets to experience pleasure and have fun. He's like, yay, this is awesome. Yes. No, he loves. When we, when we wake up, and, and literally it's as easy as waking up like it is in the morning. We're like, okay, first I was asleep and now I'm awake. It's that easy. It's not this big, long thing like, oh, it takes me five hours to wake up. No, you wake up and you're awake. That's literally what repenting is like. It's like, oops, I just made a mistake. I'm so sorry, God. Here I am. I'm back. And he's like, cool. We've got some stuff to do. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, and I love this. On the you version, there was a little notification that popped up today. And... It said, the God who created the universe is eager to spend time with you. And that is the truth. The God who created the universe is eager to spend time with you. It's almost like your best friend that calls and they're like, hey, can you do something? Hey, do you want to go to dinner? Hey, there's this great concert. Hey, I miss you. Hey, I'm going to stop by. Hey, I've, I've got something for you. Hey, I was out and I saw this thing and it made me think of you and I love you. So I got it for you and I want to give it to you. Hey, 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 like your best friend. And if you're like, mm, sorry, I'm busy. Oh my gosh, I've just got so much going on. You would not believe how busy I am. It's like, oh, huh. Okay. But your best friend, if they're a truly best friend, would never be like, well, fine, F you then. Like, I I'm done. I'm not talking to you. I'm over it. Whatever. Like, just consider you're, you're done. And, and would never disown you. It's always like, oh, yay, I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to hang out. Has it been forever? Your relationship with God, has it been forever? You know that friend, you're like, oh my gosh, it's been forever since I've seen you. How are you? Oh my gosh, how are you doing? Catch me up on everything. I want to know everything. Oh God, I can't believe it's been that long since we've hung out. Seriously, it's been that long? Is that what your relationship is like with God? If it is, no wonder it feels like you've got a long way to go to get back to God doesn't have to feel like that though, because a true relationship with a real best friend, it feels like you literally pick up right where you left off. It feels like even though it maybe have been 10 years, you just spoke with him yesterday. There's that love. There's that understanding. There's that connection. There's that relationship that has always been good, will always be good. But God doesn't want a bunch of time in between. And he doesn't want you to think, feel, or believe you've got a long way to go to get back to him. He's eager to spend time with you. He loves spending time with you, hearing from you, knowing you. And he loves sharing with you. He loves when you do some listening and not just all the talking. He loves when you talk. But like any good relationship, best part is listening. So he also loves when you listen. 
because then he can share with you all the good things that he has planned for you, that he has in store for you. The things he wants you to know are coming down the road. Like, I know that this is good now, but look at this. This gets to be great. Look at this. This is coming up. Like, can you believe this? It's, gosh, it's going to be amazing. Man, this is going to be incredible. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, there's still some things in the work that need to happen for this, but this is what's coming. Hallelujah. Like he, he wants you to, to, in, to bask in, in, in this joy and this like just absolute brilliance that's coming and like we're never going to be separated from it on the other side of heaven. So I hope you've given your life to Jesus. So you live in that for eternity forever. But again, that's your choice. The you version this morning, and I believe that these two things went together in the message for me to share that the God who created the universe, everything, 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 everything in it, the moon, the stars, the galaxies, all the good things, that God, the God, the one and only who created all that is eager to spend time with you, to draw near to you, to hear from you. He wants a best friend relationship with you. That's what his soul desires. Is that what yours desires? It goes on to say, come as you are and draw closer to your creator. But that's not a long way off. It's not a far way off. It's right here. It's available to you right now in this moment. There's not a bunch of stuff you need to do first. There's not a million bajillion hoops you need to jump through. There's not a certain special magical number of church services that you need to attend before God finally says, all right, I'm ready to be close to you now. Those are all works-based things. God's already worked it all out. All he wants now is to be with you to be close to you. So it says, come as you are. It does not say, go clean yourself up and then come as you think you should be, all fresh and pretty. He doesn't care if you're stinky and you haven't showered in a week. He wants to draw close to you. He's not like your husband or your best friend or your kid who's like, oh God, you stink. Go shower first. God, ugh, you're disgusting. God doesn't say that. He doesn't care if you're stinky, if you're unshaved, if you didn't wipe well last time you went. He doesn't care. It literally says, come as you are and draw closer to your creator. What are ways you can draw closer to him? You can sing worship songs. Obviously, that's a good way. You can read your Bible. Obviously, that's a good way. You can pray. You can talk to other believers about him. You can listen to things that, that teach you about him and his goodness and his glory and knock some freaking sense into you, <laughs> right? There's that too. Your presence matters here is the last verse that is shared. Your presence. His presence never left. He will never leave you or forsake you. That is his promise. And God does not break his promises. It's us who break our promises. You see that time and time and time and time and time again. In the beginning, in the Old Testament, when you read the Bible, it's like, man, these people just couldn't get it together. Stop breaking your promises. You keep making promises to God that you, you understand and you know how good life is with him. And you promise you'll never ever stray or you'll never ever leave or begin to worship other things. Boop, and then they do. 
God doesn't break his promises. He cares about your presence. We're the ones that break our promises. We're the ones that leave. Therefore, we're the ones that make it about us and say, I've got a long way to go. No, you don't. And when you say that, you're making it about you instead of about him. Flip it around, turn it around, make it about him. And that's where your focus will be found. You'll see the truth. He never left you. He never forsaked you. What he cares about is closeness, is your presence. Your presence is a present to God. It's a gift to God. That's one of the five love languages. We all love gifts, right? Maybe some of us more than others. Maybe we're like, yeah, I really care less about gifts. But quality time is one of mine. Quality time with God is your presence, which is a present, which is a gift to God. He says, your presence matters here. It's not, mm, don't be present here, but then travel to this far away, far off place, and then bring your presence. No, your presence matters here, right here, right now, in this moment. Are you present with God? Or are you saying, yeah, I know I read my Bible, but like, honestly, the whole time I was reading it, I was thinking about all the million things I need to do today. Really? You were reading the word of God and making it about yourself. You weren't even present. Your presence matters to him, just like it would with a best friend. If you went out to lunch with your best friend and they were on their phone the whole time, would you really believe that they're present? Or would they be like, yeah, no, that was a great lunch. Yeah, let's do it again sometime soon. Okay, love you, bye. Is that the kind of relationship we're having with him? If so, no wonder it feels like it's a long way to go to get back to him. Your presence matters. So I just ask today that that you you give up some praise. Thank you, God, for never leaving me or forsaking me. God, I desire to experience your presence. I give you mine right here, right now. I love you guys. I'm praying for you. And it was wonderful to connect with you. I'll see you soon. Bye for now.